It's January 2022. Demurely dressed, Kate Clanchy sits in the Unheard Studio, a platform that prides itself on challenging the herd. Why conservatives always try to frame themselves as courageous dissenters remains a mystery, but for now, it's enough to know that they are all firmly rooting for Clanchy. Sat across from Unheard's executive editor, Freddie Sayers, Clanchy will pour her heart out to her white comrade-in-arms before it's uploaded to the platform's YouTube as an exclusive. Together, they will lament over an online campaign that accused her of everything from ableism to racism. They will morosely ponder over how it seems like white people just can't discuss people's racialized physical features like they used to. These days, they come with pesky backlash and the instigation of online furores. Again and again, they will return to confusion. How could Kate Clanchy, a white woman with good intentions, have ended up here? Welcome to Cancelled. I'm your host, Leah, and this is the show where we look back at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people, corporations, and even countries. You may think the subjects of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately cancelled. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. If these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. According to a Sunday Times article, in July 2021, Clanchy, a teacher with 35 years' experience and a host of already published works under her belt, was perusing her emails when she became aware of reviews of one of her books on Goodreads. Published in 2019, Some Kids I Taught and What They Taught Me had snapped up the prestigious Orwell Prize. Despite passing through the hands of agents, publishers, editors and judges, Criticism seemed thin on the ground until Clanchy shared the fateful review of some kids that would kick off the saga. Quote, I am a teacher myself, and I had so many issues with this book. The narrative is centered on this white middle-class woman's harmful, judgmental, and bigoted views on race, class, and body image. The young people she describes are narrowly fitted into these preconceived categories, and Clanchy doesn't seem to view them through any other lens. End quote. The reviewer goes on to describe some of the stereotypes employed. Quote, so Afghan, end quote. Black young people with, quote, chocolate skin, end quote. Quote, almond-shaped eyes, end quote. And, quote, African voice, end quote. She notes that one child is called African Jonathan. Frustrated, the author took to Twitter to inform her 40,000-odd followers, quote, Sorry to whinge, but on Goodreads, someone has made up a racist quote and it said it was in my book. Other reviewers picked it up and repeated it. I've flagged the reviews many times, but it does no good. Today, I got my first email threat based on it. Is there anything I can do? 
end quote. A follow-up tweet included a screenshot and the offending review, with Clanchy further asserting that none of the terms were in the book. It's all made up, she typed. Not only did Clanchy not bother to quickly double-check her book before firing off the tweet, a quick Control-F would have changed everything, but she also identifies the terms herself as racist. So, in fact, Kate Clanchy was among the very first people to deem Kate Clanchy's work as racist. And, as it turns out, it didn't stop there. She describes two autistic children as, quote, unselfconsciously odd, end quote. Later, she says, quote, the undeniable fact that no one else wants to be friends with them. Probably more than an hour a week would irritate me too, but for that hour, I very much like them, end quote. In one excerpt, she describes a student she once knew. Quote, The last time I saw Danielle, she was 20 and had come in to help the school play. She was standing behind the lead, a slim child in a leotard, and I mistook her for her own mother. I was surprised how hurt I was to see it. It wasn't the flesh so much as the loss of grace. Now she stood the way her mother stood, legs apart to hold the bulk, stomach out, arms awkward and ashamed. End quote. Reductive, lazy, and entrenched in stereotypes, the revelations about the writing in some kids set Twitter alight. At this point, it's worth mentioning that Clanchy was actually arguing with reviewers on Goodreads months before in March 2021, saying to one user, quote, This review is very damaging to me because it implies I am racist and sets up a false idea of the book's content, which subsequent anti-racist readers on here feel they have to respond to. After Clanchy's tweets brought attention to what was taking place on Goodreads, users began noticing that reviews had disappeared. User Beth G wrote, It appears the author complained to Goodreads to get my comments about this problematic book deleted? It seems a literary cancellation queen may have done some cancelling herself. How strange. Two main camps formed. There were those who were horrified by the way Clanchy wrote about her students, what it implied and how she understood these wider communities, and how such writing could have been deemed publishable. The other camp? Under the guise of free speech, they tweeted about the ills of political correctness and how Clanchy was being witch-hunted. The Clanchy defenders, many of whom are in publishing, journalism or authors themselves, scoffed at the throwaway terms causing offence. Quote, did you know that the term almond-eyed can be racist? I didn't until I watched the recent demolition on Twitter of the Scottish author Kate Clanchy, stated Fiona Rintel for The Times. For those closing ranks around Clanchy, her book seemingly existed in silo. They neutralised the descriptors the author employed, plucking out phrases and deriding marginalised people for being offended, literally from the seat of British Empire and imperialism, is intellectually dishonest at very best. As Manisha Rajesh, a brown author and journalist, noted on The Owen Jones Show, there were many phrases and observations rooted in the language of eugenics and phrenology. Rajesh, alongside Shimen Suleiman, a writer and editor of The Good Immigrant USA, and Professor Sunny Singh, author and co-founder of the Jarlek Prize for Writers of Colour in Britain, were forced to the front of the row. In early August, writer and president of the Society of Authors, Philip Pullman, rode out of Clanchy with such veracity, he misinterpreted a reply and responded with the suggestion that people who do not read a book before condemning it as a shameful attitude that, quote, would find a comfortable home in ISIS or the Taliban. 
This came days after a heated back and forth with Singh, as well as building attacks against three women. Such specific invocations against the trio, all brown women, were not lost on those witnessing the building onslaught against them, especially as Clancy's then-publisher Picador was considering alterations to the memoir. Just a few days later, the Times published an article entitled, quote, I do have almond-shaped eyes. My teacher, Kate Clancy, described me beautifully. Written by the former pupil mentioned in the book, Shukriya Rezai states that she did not find the description offensive and has used it to describe herself. September ushered in a letter written to the bookseller, a UK publishing news platform, by 25 former students in defense of the author over safeguarding criticism. They state, quote, We thank those for their concern over our well-being, but can very gladly clarify to any readers concerned that we have no safeguarding or consent issues and we have never felt excluded from the process. Though well-meaning people appear to want to defend us, in some ways their intervention is often disempowering and causing us distress because it does not reflect our reality. We do not need defending. We will speak for ourselves. Both articles were hugely important. Beyond bolstering support for Clanchy, they also, in and of themselves, reiterated a basic truth that has been lacking through the coverage of this saga. No marginalized community is a monolith, a statement that marginalized people have no doubt repeated to the point of boredom. Yes, it is possible for her students to feel completely okay with how they were described. And yes, it is also possible for other people who are not her students but hail from those same communities to feel the same or even differently. Having to repeat this is utterly mundane, and yet, here we are. However, if we're able to stretch our minds to that possibility, perhaps we can consider more. Yes, 25 students chose to defend Clancy, but considering the 35-year-long career that has been invoked again and again, it seems a paltry figure. Rajesh tells Owen Jones that she has actually seen some of Clancy's students write to the teacher on Twitter saying, quote, I don't like the way you wrote about me. Those students remain unheard. Yes, these students have made it clear that this is how they feel, but how much of that is entrenched in the enduring power of dynamic between teacher and student? Processing and untangling uncomfortable interactions as a child is a lengthy process. How easy would it be, for example, to engage with a teacher who, by her own admission, believes a student has Jewish heritage due to his, quote, jet black hair and eyes and fine Ashkenazi nose? despite his own refusal. And yet, these possibilities seem too much of a stretch for Clanchy supporters and the online harassment ensued. Suleiman told the BBC, quote, Despite being accomplished writers and teachers on structural racism and colonialism, Professor Sunny Singh, author Manisha Rajesh and myself became invisible to authors who endorsed this book, speaking only with white authors, while simultaneously expressing denigrating racially charged views of us. Clanchy's critics, which the trio were now being framed as leading, were referred to as a lynch mob, which saw them receive all manner of racist messages across their social media platforms, emails, and websites for months. This was only spurred on with the sheer mass of articles siding with Clanchy. One article by Yasmin Alibi Brown, a columnist for the iPaper, shamelessly invoked the killings of Sabina Nessa and Sarah Everard before critiquing Singh, Suleiman, and Rajesh for kicking up about Clanchy's book and surmising that, quote, identitarian politics sucks, end quote. 
Meetings were arranged between the trio and Picador to discuss the damage being done to their reputations. With the women begging the publisher to release a statement for clarification, especially as they were not seeking to cancel all the author's work as was being circulated. In fact, Rajesh specifies that they had no problem with the poetry anthology, England, Poems from a School, but rather the sole publication, Some Kids. However, it was Clanchy who was somehow the victim. So much so that in December 2021, she wrote for Prospect magazine about being cancelled, despite her book still being available for purchase throughout. This was a move too many for Picador. They released a statement the next day, distancing themselves from Clanchy and condemning the ongoing target attacks against the three women. Christmas and New Year's came and went, leaving the publisher with a new resolution, cutting ties with Clanchy on January the 20th. Naturally, the fire was stoked once more, bringing on a fresh wave of think pieces and columns, including from brown women like Praveena Rudra and Sonia Soda, no doubt brought into the fold to directly negate the experiences of Suleiman Singh and Rajesh. The latest leg of Clancy's cancellation tour saw the teacher grant interview after interview, including the unheard interview, all based on the premise that her life's work was being taken away. The narrative was that her work was no longer for sale, an intellectually disingenuous framing as the rights to her work had been reverted to her, rights that she could give to another publisher. Rights that she did give to another publisher. Screenshots circulated on Twitter with a publication date of January the 28th, 2022. The same day, the New Statesman published an article entitled What Kate Clanchy's Treatment Can Teach Us All About Racism. Two days later, Rosie Kinchin... We teachers are tough, but being cancelled pushed me to the edge, sat on the Times' website. Both lamenting cancellation of an author who has already secured a new publisher. The cancellation tour took on a new form. It was a publicity tour at the expense of three brown visible women, and that's saying nothing of the treatment of the Goodreads reviewer. Rajesh shared that the reviewer, a young school teacher who Kate Clancy had tried to threaten, had reached out privately to say that she was okay, in spite of being terrified that she would lose her job. Rajesh adds, quote, On a separate note, Casey never apologised to the reviewer. A performative public apology to Goodreads reviewers, but never the person themselves. End quote. Meanwhile, the new publisher, Swift Press, had made the e-book of Some Kids available on February the 1st, albeit with apparent minor revisions, those extremely, super, definitely minor revisions meant that, according to The Telegraph, African Jonathan no longer made an appearance, alongside, quote, Cypriot bosoms, slanting eyes, almond-shaped eyes, and Mongolian ferocity, also mysteriously vanished. The orphaned Pakistani girl, who was once described as, quote, butch-looking, had now become, quote, athletic, with square shoulders and strong arms. The two autistic children, who in her own words would irritate Clanchy with more than an hour a week if their presence, also had their descriptions revamped. After months of a white woman attempting to garner sympathy for racist terminology she used in her book, terms she said were taken out of context, though they had, you know, been read in their exact context, her narrative was undone. If she was so steadfast in what she had written, then why, even with a new publisher and all freshly garnered support, has she opted to revise them? Were you cancelled or were you just wrong? And all the while, her drawn-out performance obscured what was really at the heart of this, the way she viewed those entrusted in her care. Whether they found it offensive or not, the truth remains the same. 
Planchy students were just vessels for her own self-actualization, if you could call it that. Yes, we all make assumptions and can arrive at reductive conclusions, but we don't all publish them, reinforcing harmful stereotypes and demonstrating problematic power dynamics. That's what diaries are for. Clanchy, you should try it. This episode was written by Paula Akpan. This is a Broccoli Production. <laughs>